I know I've been off for a couple days, a few days, but I'll be back preaching Sunday morning. I've been attending to my wife, amen, trying to get her back where she needs to be. And I'm happy to report she is coming along. She is so, she's almost just hard-headed. She's doing more than we think she should be doing. Try to make her sit down. I'll find a one. Where are you going? Where are you going? What are you doing? But uh, she's a strong woman of God, and um, she looks forward to being back with us very, very soon. Amen. And I look forward to preaching to y'all on Sunday morning. Until then, will y'all please stand and welcome Brother uh, Elder Jeffrey Walton as she comes to minister the word of God to us. Come on, receive it. Praise like that. Mm-hmm. And for some of y'all, you don't really understand. If you weren't here this morning <clears throat> during prayer, and the subject was an encounter with God. If you don't know it, if you don't realize it, you just had an encounter with God. And your praise and worship. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you now in the name of Jesus to say thank you. We come to praise your holy name, Lord, through a righteous word. Father, we just ask right now that all hearts and minds be on one accord, Father God, to receive what you have to say. Lord, that every heart will be touched tonight in the way that you intend for it to be. Thank you, Lord, now, and I ask, oh God, that you help me, Lord Jesus, now to deliver your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, <laughs> y'all can be seated. <laughs> Truly, um, I, I'm always a great expectation when I come here, um, whether it be Sunday, Wednesday, or whenever, and the word is being released. And a confession, it's kind of a bittersweet. Sometimes I like Pastor B away for a while. Because <laughs> when he come back, Watch out. Watch out. Woo. Man, it's like, Lord, have mercy. What you going through? <laughs> Ooh, what a powerful anointing. Amen. I'm not going to keep you very long. Uh, it just depends on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to go a few different places tonight. Um, but I want to preface by saying um, this word was put in me you know, a few weeks ago. I kind of mentioned it to our group last time we met, which was a week or so ago. And I really didn't stay in it. I just basically read it because that's what the Lord gave me at that time. He didn't really give me much revelation for that night when I released the word or read the word and so forth. And, um, and, and I'm that questioner. It's like, you gave it to me. What for? What did you want me to get out of it and so forth? And or what did you want me to do with it and so forth? And then, you know, when um, when I was called upon to speak tonight, it just like what pastor was explaining about the word. Um, 
it, it just, today at my house, I'm grateful I can talk. But, um, and I say that because of what the word was doing today for me. And, and, and I, you know, I don't say this to be funny, I'm real serious. Um, in our house that we recently moved into, it's, uh, it's very echoey inside. And as I'm reading and I'm getting downloads and, and the Lord is showing me different things of revelation regarding his word and I'm starting to praise and shout in tongues and so forth. I was getting so loud. I just knew I was going to knock on the door soon. But praise be to God, nobody bothered me. And I'm grateful because um, truly um, this word changed me. Change me uh, and not to prolong it, but let's just get in it and just see what it does for you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start at Romans 8 18 and then we're going to jump down and do 23 to 28. <clears throat> and such a timely word. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And if we could jump over to the passion with that same verse, please. And it reads, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. Such a timely word with everything that's going on and within this house alone, you know, with, you know, illnesses attacking people. And we got one that, you know, is going to, as Pastor said, funeralize his son um, and, and all kind of things going on, things that we don't even know about. Um, but we do know if you're sensitive to the spirit, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. You can see it on people's faces. It's a lot going on. You know, we don't know everything that's going on. And some people just, you know, hold it in for whatever reason. And But you can see it. You can see it. And as we look upon their faces, it's like, man, in my heart, it's like, Lord, how to pray? How to pray? How to pray for this? I don't know what it is, but I know it is a need to pray. Because when we read this in verse 18, it says it's not worthy to be compared. So whatever one might be going through, it's still not worthy to be compared to the glory that's before you. Mm. Mm. Let's jump right into 23. Going to 28. Long reads. This is going to be strictly from the passage, so y'all need to read this from the screen unless you have that translation. And, it, I mean, and it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. 24, for this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we hope for something we already have? So 
Because of hope, because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. Yes. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. We're never alone. No matter what you're going through, you don't have to go through this by yourself. Mm, mm -mm. <clears throat> and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray. Or know the best things to ask for. God, <clears throat> the searcher of our heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of our spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us. His holy ones in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. It's um, personally amazing to me, you know, as I continue to go through life and experience different things in life and being a believer uh, for a while now and hearing all the promises of God and hearing people who come alongside you and you know, try to encourage you, try to lift you up and tell you about, you know, the good things of God, especially if you're going through something and somebody's trying to comfort you. Sometimes their mere words can't comfort you. And, and yet, being a believer, we get lost in ourselves because we begin to look for answers to questions we can't answer because we put aside the fact that we're not alone. And that God already has a plan for our life. So no matter what we're going through, God's plan does not change. It's still the same. No matter how bad it seems, <laughs> when you ain't got no money, when your health seems to be failing, When your relationships begin to deteriorate, when you've cried out to God and there's been no answer, God's plan has not changed. And we should, we should hold to the words that's been released, because I'm telling y'all, I say this every time I get up here. You know, when you just kind of start rolling back in some of the words that's been released in here, it's like, man, don't, don't lose them words. Don't put them words on the shelf. Don't put them on the shelf because that's the worst thing we can do because once we put them on the shelf, when we start going through stuff, we forget everything that's been said. And then we start being us. Because if the man of God, not if, but since the man of God... <laughs> Stood up here weeks ago, and he talked about getting your soul right as an answer to your issues. <laughs> it, it, 
it squashed a thought, a frame of thought that I've had for a long time. And that is, you know, well, if I'm praying for this and there's no answer, then maybe God don't want me to have it. Or he don't want me to have it right now. But the truth is, if it's for me, it's for me. So instead of wasting time trying to answer a question that only he can answer, as far as why not this, why don't I have this, why I can't do this, the question should be is what's wrong with my soul? What about my soul is hindering my answer? I'm going to go personal. One of the, I don't know, greatest tragedies one can experience sometimes is the loss of a loved one. And you may have prayed for that loved one because, of course, you want them to be healthy, whole. You want them to be alive. And as you're praying and you're crying out to God and just don't seem like nothing happening. It's like, I know I'm talking to you, Lord. Why is this situation not changing? Have you looked at your soul? I mean, we're good people. But have you looked at your soul? Let me prove a point. We're good people. We, we're well-intended. We don't ever want to do wrong or do harm to somebody. And we, we, you know, we get saturated with the word, whether it be the word that we hear and hear, the word we, we study on our own. But, you know, you could leave out of here tonight after that praise and worship. I'm going to hold my head down. I'm going to look at y'all. Um, you, can, you can leave out of here after all that's happened so far up to this point, and, you know, you just built up, you filled up, man, you done got your praise on, got your dance on, all that stuff, and then you thinking a little differently and so forth, and then you could go outside and encounter someone or something, and all of a sudden, the praise that you had in here is not the praise that's going on out there. It's a whole nother praise. You, you, you start speaking in tongues in a whole nother way. A whole nother way. <laughs> but the reality is, the spiritual reality is, it's like that happens because there's something going on in your soul. That's not right. There's too much in the Bible about forgiveness and compassion to not be able to carry the words, the revelations of the, of the word with us wherever we may go, whenever we may go there. Now I've confessed, I've confessed that there was a time for me don't cross me. 
Didn't cross me. I ain't bragging, but I was a quiet storm. I, I was, I'm telling you, thank God for grace and mercy, because I would not have been here. I have been sending y'all letters. But the constant chipping away at my soul, even when I didn't realize it was happening, even when, I, when my, my mom and my grandma was praying for me, I didn't realize the chipping that was going on in my soul. I didn't understand that at all. I didn't. But when you get under the word of God and it begins to be made plain to you, you look back and realize, oh, that's what was going on. That's, that's what helped me and made me able to change. That's what made me be able to hold my tongue. In times when it's like, man, I want to let loose more than my tongue on you. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Think about it. I, there's some testimonies in here I know about your tongue. But anyway, that, that was. Um, did I give you all the topic or the title? Do it every time. Hallelujah. Keep your eye on the prize. Pretty simple. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Let us go over to a reality check in the book of John, chapter 10. And actually, we're going to look at 10 and 11. Very, very, very familiar scripture. But do we really understand what it means? And it reads, the thief does not come except, except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Stop right there. Be honest. How many of y'all kind of separated that? That maybe he's just coming to just to steal or just to kill or just to destroy? Instead of and. You see, he's not interested in just kind of making you mad and going to the side for a minute. What good does that do him? Gives him extra work. So... So here's what, um, let's finish that first. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So he gives us life and gives it more abundantly. But not only does he give us life and more abundantly, he gives his life. For his sheep. So it's not like going to a department store and you, you pick up some item that you really wanted or you really, you know, you've been out for a long time and then you go home and you use it and all of a sudden it's just done. Whenever it runs out or whatever. He's saying, I'm giving you life and more abundantly, but I'm going to give, put my life in front of you so that you can have this always. Oh, 
Now, this, this next thing came to me some time ago, and, and I think I said it here before. I'm not sure, but the enemy wants to steal your soul. If he gets your soul, he controls you. He wants to kill your spirit. If he gets control of your soul, then your spirit is next to follow. I might pass. Y'all get this next week. <laughs> and to destroy your witness. So what is that saying? He's not only after me. If he can get me, he'll get any and everybody attached to me. Last I checked, he has not retired. And I say that not to be a funny, but I say that as a reality because sometimes I think we can just lose the fact that he is on his job. Victory in our life is supposed to be ongoing, not based on a particular event. Only. And the enemy knows that. Because if it was just dependent on one event in our life, then he would hit us with that and be gone. Because it's like, well, I messed that up. We've got to understand the enemy is constantly working. Don't stop. He don't quit. He keeps relentlessly. Even the word talks about him being crafty. We have to keep this in our mind. When we're fighting this fight of faith, we have to keep this in our mind when we're going through things. The enemy is fighting, so so should you. And your fight is a fight already won. He's trying to win. You've already won. Why should we keep fighting? Well, let's go ask Corinthians 1 9. And 24 through 27 in the Passion, please. <clears throat> I'm a passion puppy, y'all. And it says, Isn't it obvious? That all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win, but only one receives the victor's prize. Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. A true athlete will discipline in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For this reason, for that reason. I don't run just to exercise or box like, a, box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. 
I don't know about y'all, but I'm sure you read that before in yeah. one translation or another. But today, when I was reading it, I saw him. Amen. I saw him. Amen. I saw him. No matter what he was going through, no matter what he was experiencing. And let me tell you something what keeps, what keeps me so awed, you know, by our man of God. It's like, see, when we got the news about Pastor Kim and then subsequently got news about Jonathan and so forth, and then, you know, my mind is like, okay, wow, that's a truckload by itself, you know, of responsibility and care and concern for your family. Then it's like, well, wait a minute now. That would be one thing if that's all he had to deal with. You see, even though he's had some days and nights he hasn't been here, he never stopped being our pastor. And y'all know, sometimes we can be knuckleheads. It would be one thing as if as he was going, his family was going through things that everybody just lined up and just did right till he got back. <laughs> and he could just come back to a peaceful house that just didn't miss a stroke. But beyond the people cutting up, it's people getting sick, people being hospitalized, people going through all kind of tragedy and trauma that he's still responsible for, those people. And yet, he keeps himself spiritually in shape to run this race to get that crown. My God. I've never been a pastor of a church, but I worked under one. I mean, I was like right next to him for over 15 years, just hand in hand. And even in the capacity in which I served under him, <clears throat> I didn't have to deal with all that stuff he dealt with. <laughs> but I saw it. It opened my eyes to have a great respect for a man or woman of God. Because no matter what we may be experiencing or going through, we don't always calculate all the stuff that he's going through. And yet, watch this. Go through something right now. And pick up the phone to get word to him. Watch you get a response. Rather than, well, you know what? <laughs> Brother Jonathan... Can't help you right now. I got my own stuff going. You on your own, cuz. <laughs> Again, in 26, it says, for, the, for that reason, I don't run just to exercise. I'm not doing this just to be doing it. Or box like one throwing aimless punches. But I train like a champion, athlete, 
I subdue my body to get it under control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. I just, man, just besides standing in the front of y'all and preaching or teaching the word of God, it's like we use these words or we should be using these words when we're out there. And people are looking at you based on what you say. And they're trying to match it or line it up with how you live. So we can't be throwing these aimless punches. We have to be very intentional. You have to see yourself as a champion with a testimony. I mean, you go to Revelations, and it tells us he overcome by his blood and by the word of our testimony. You see, when you go out there in the streets and, you know, we're trying to evangelize somebody or witness somebody and so forth, and, you know, and you're trying to help them relate or help them understand you can relate to their circumstances or their situation and so forth, and, you know, you could talk a good game. You can. You can talk a good game, especially if they don't know anything about the word. You can talk a good game. But it just it's very interesting how that thing has a tendency to boomerang. Whether it's the same person or somebody else. You said all this to one person, and, and I'm saying this in, in, in light of if you're not being intentional with conditioning yourself spiritually, you know, you become that person that's throwing these, these airball punches. And, you know, I, I shared my little story, uh, you know, about the Jehovah Witness and um, how when they used to come, I'm the one peeking out the window, not going to answer the door. But as time went on, as I began to get deeper in the word and get more revelation of the word, it's like, what am I supposed to be afraid of you? They're supposed to be afraid of me. So when the time came, and the opportunity presented itself for me to now not confront, but just, hey, let me be open. Because, you know, you, you need saving like I need saving. So then when I opened the door with confidence in the word and began to communicate with them, they didn't really like what I had to say. And in fact, they stopped coming after that. But that comes from intentional practice in the word. You can't do it without it. You cannot do it. You ever seen somebody on national TV say something that you know spiritually is not right? You can't do this without practicing. Somebody going to call your number. <laughs> okay. Almost there. Let's jump over to Philippians 3. We're going to do 10 through 16. This is when the word really lit up for me. <laughs> that I may know him and the power 
of his resurrection. Not in his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Why not in the resurrection? Because then you would have just expected at the resurrection, that was it. That was the end of the power. That was all the power was for. But of the resurrection means his power is still there. So, so to me, that means that was more than just about his resurrection. That was about his power. Watch this. And the fellowship of his sufferings. For a long time, I really had no clue. What does that mean? In the fellowship of his sufferings. I mean, because we hear about how good God is and all the good things he has for us. What do you mean fellowship of his sufferings? Well, in this, Paul is addressing the fact that, and, and if I could say it this way, that he finds it an honor if people come against him like they came against him. I want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. <laughs> so as I'm out there and I'm speaking the word of God and they come against me, I count it joy. Because it's not me. It's him they're trying to come against me for. <laughs> My God. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself have to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. We, we say, I've said, and I'm not discounting it, but I've, I've gotten more from that. We say about pressing. And you do. You have to press. But what the Lord showed me in addition to that is he said it's not just you pressing to get through stuff. He said you got to forget some stuff. Because when you don't forget these things, these things that are behind you, they still have your attention. And your focus. Because then you become this person that's trying, that you become divided because you're trying to do this and you're trying to do this. So I don't know about you, but I find this hard to press in one direction when I've got my hands to two different things. I become this, this thing that's going back and forth all the time. And I, 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 don't, I don't get that press that I need to keep moving forward. 
because I'm always doing this. I'm going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So, so, so what are you saying? I'm saying when, when the word tells me by his stripes we are healed, and, and, and I'm going through this illness, and it comes upon me, and I'm trying to press my way, but I'm doing this because it's like, I, I know what the word says here, but I know what I feel like here. And, I, and I, just, I, just, I just, I know I need to get this out of my head, but I just can't seem to get this out of my head because I really want to be here. But this thing keeps knocking on me, but the Lord is saying, let that go. And press towards him. How can we truly say and believe that by his stripes we're healed if we don't just let go and move towards him, the healer of us? And, and let me clarify, because I see some looks. I'm not talking about when you're letting go, you simply ignore. You're going to feel pain. But, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm going to roll back. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth to com compare with the glory which will be revealed in me. It does not matter what you're going through. The glory that's going to be revealed in you is... You can't compare this world of suffering. My God. Mm. Now, this is kind of not odd or awkward sir, um, topic, but it's one that with this, I, I really, in an off way, relate to something I've never personally physically experienced. That's giving birth to a child. I've seen it, and when I saw it, oh, Lord, thank you, that ain't me. But I say that because, you know, even from a male perspective, what I saw is like, that's just amazing. I think about it, thought about it, you know, especially as I literally saw it, it's like I think if that were me, I would have gave up. But a mother knows. A mother knows. There's glory on the other side of that. No matter what kind of pain you had to go through. No matter how hard you had to push. There was glory on the other side of that. And just like in childbirth, when we're going through something, there's glory on the other side of that. And we have to push past all that. And we have to stay focused at the prize in front of us and not what we're going through in that present time. Mm. My God. My God. Brethren, I have not, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to things which are ahead. 
I press toward the goal for the prize of the heart. See, if you have, uh, if you watch a race, uh, like a, somebody running track and so forth, see, they have put in a lot of work. They've done a lot of exercising and conditioning and all that stuff because they want to win. But, <laughs> ooh, got some theme music. <laughs> but they're not doing this just to win. They're doing this for the prize for winning. You know, <laughs> I used to run track in high school. Believe it or not, yeah, I'm short, but I ran track. And my race was a 100-yard dash. And in that, being, I was usually one of the shortest people running that race. But in that, I had a made-up mind that there's a prize in this for me if I win. And when I would run, I would run so hard trying to get to that finish line. And I don't know, it must be a spiritual revelation because now I can kind of look back and see what I looked like when I was doing that. It wasn't no pretty sight. Because I had a made-up mind about what I was going to do. And, 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 and as you know, in track, you don't, want, you don't run just one race and it's done. You got to run again and again and again. And in doing so, I would run the race, and then it was usually the same schools that came together, but I would run the race, and then somebody that was taller than me would win. And I didn't get discouraged. I didn't. I honestly did not get discouraged. I made up my mind, the next time we run, I'm going to beat you. No matter how contorted I got to become, I'm going to beat you. And I did. I did. I honestly did. I don't care who beat me, the next time I'm going to beat you. And it was the same me and the makeup on the outside but it was something changing on the inside. And just like in this life that we live spiritually, your outside may never change. But if you allow yourself to press towards the prize, that that's on the inside of you, going to win the race that's already been won. <laughs> you don't have to do nothing but what he told you to do. Really? We, we, we don't have to rewrite the word. We don't have to modify the word. Just obey the word. And in doing so, man, listen, you've already won. It's a setup. It's a setup. When you're running so hard and you don't win, it's like, look back and see, what, what, wait, wait, hold up. 
hold up. This this was, you know, God said, you know, he had designed me for a purpose. And that's to win. So we have to keep our eyes on the prize. No matter what we're going through. I mean, no matter what we're going through. I can't even say that enough. No matter what we're going through. Because things can come and hit you so hard sometimes that if you are not locked into that prize, it'll cause you to backstep, it'll cause you to sidestep, it'll cause you to maybe even quit. Have to be determined. I'm not the only one who's had to do this. Deacon Mack is doing this now. I had to funeralize a son. Man. My family has, that's not easy. It's not. Because we have this conceived idea or preconceived idea in our minds that this is sequentially how this is going to unfold. And then when it's out of our order, it can turn your world upside down. But when you're locked into the pride, and you have a made-up mind. I ain't quitting because of nothing. Nothing. Come on. I may weep. I may have a sense of sorrow inside me. But there's some glory to be revealed. I can't afford to have my testimony disqualified. to keep going towards the prize. It's not even an option. It's really not an option. This is God's plan for our lives. And because when sin entered to the world, we were cursed because of sin. I want to be completely free from all sin. I want to have my body restored to the perfection that God intended for it to be. I have to look towards those things. I don't care what happens in my body now because I'm looking beyond that. Yes, uh-huh. Well, I had a good time. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.